welcome back, everybody. This is episode two of the good, <laughs> the good enough podcast. And today we are lucky enough to be joined by <laughs> the one, <laughs> the only, my father, Scotty Alexander. Everyone, a round of applause. Woo! Thank you, thank you. It's a real honor to be here on Good Enough. <laughs> First guest. First guest. No, I'm How super pumped feel? about. It. Well, first of all, I am the unofficial fourth roommate. Oh, it's true. I, it's true. I really am. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I'm not close enough though to make the the. I'm not close enough to make the logo for good enough because I don't fit on the couch. But the three, <laughs> but the three of you look really good on the couch together. So that part's cool. Uh, and I'm super pumped about uh, doing an interview that I can cuss in. So, right, yeah, so true. shit, yeah, yeah, just yeah, <laughs> yeah, just right shit, off the yeah. bat, off right, just that. kick kick it off. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you here. And yes, like Thanks, my dude. dad said, he's our fourth unofficial roommate because he comes out here once a month now for the past two months to be working on a, well, you're not really working on your album yet, but working with other artists. and Yeah, working, writing. Um, I had a publishing deal here in town uh, for a long time. So between that and the road work, uh, and maybe this part is relevant uh, to put up front as people sit there and go, well, who the hell is this guy? Like, you know, who's the middle-aged guy they found on the street <laughs> that's, that's clogging up all the cool kids from doing shit? Um, I'm a country artist and a singer and a songwriter and a producer, and I've been in the, in the business my entire life, and we'll get into that over a, a long stretch, I hope. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's what brings me to town. Um, been a pro in the in music world my whole life. Yes. Yeah. And I've watched it unfold, and it's been quite a ride. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have. <laughs> It's crazy to like tell people, you know, what you do or who you've worked with because people just think, you know, I'm like making it up or like being like my dad's this super cool guy, whatever. And they don't believe it until they see it. You know, if they go to a show and watch you perform and they're like, holy shit, this guy is the real deal. Not to, you know, toot your own horn or whatever. But (laughs) yeah, if you haven't, I mean, now is a good time. Just pause this and go check out. All of his socials and everything, man. Like at Scotty Alexander on everything. Like pretty much at Scotty yeah, Alexander. Yeah. And we'll, check out uh, some of his work. Can we link that? Oh, we'll definitely. We'll, yeah. we'll definitely we'll add that. that. As well, <laughs> link in bio. Yeah, link in bio there. Get familiar. Yeah, no, it's been it's been really good, and I haven't always been my own artist. I haven't always put out my own records. In fact, when. Um, like I'm telling you this, like you don't know it, like you weren't there. But, <laughs> I mean, for them, they but don't when know you all the were details, little, yeah, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. no, when Tana was little, I mean, those were the years that I was gone all the time with. Uh, and this is an old cat for a lot of people, but uh, Wayne Newton. So he was the king of uh, Las Vegas, and he did movies, and he did television, and he had hit songs, and um, I mean, sold out performances for years nationwide. Mm-hmm. So I was his music director for almost a decade, and that's really. I think where you probably caught the musical bug because, um, I mean, you were a little girl and if we were doing a bus tour or something, I'd ask Mr. Newton and I was music director. So I had a little bit of juice in that camp, but I would, you know, I would say, Hey, can my daughter come along? And, mm-hmm. and so from an early age here, you are sitting on a bus with, you know, we had a small orchestra. We carried, uh, anywhere from 14 to 16 musicians with us at all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's Tana showing up to theaters all over the West coast and the, and the country really. And I'd be like, take daddy's guitar downstage left to mix four, yeah. you know, and you know, what other nine year old gets to grow <laughs> up in that, you know, that environment. But oh the, yeah. yeah. That totally had a hand in, you know, getting me inspired because I wasn't just going to, you know, clubs with you and watching you as like a, cause you didn't start out that way. Like you said, you started out working for Wayne, working for somebody else that had already made it to this astronomical level of fame. And so I got to see like, like you just said, theaters full of like thousands of people. So in my little girl eyes, that's just. Yeah. I mean, I would come home and it'd be like, Oh, we did CSA or CSI today. You know, we did CSI Las Vegas or we were on the view or, or, you know, of course, Mr. Newton had a, a private jet. So I mean, we could be playing, you know, an Indian casino in Oklahoma City, and I'd wake up in the morning and have breakfast with you guys. Could we fly home on his jet? So (laughs) it was a different, I mean, it was a different world. And then I went from there to, you know, your mom and I had our own show in Vegas for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And then from there to, you know, having the publishing deal, working for Disney. Um, And I'll never forget, that was a fun moment. When I came home, and it was especially your brother, Nico. Oh, God, yeah. Because, like, he was totally into the show Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. And I was working on a Brad Paisley record here in town. And um, I was literally setting in this session working on 
the baseline for, I think it was moonshine in the trunk uh, that we were working on that year. And, um, and my phone rang and it was the head A&R director for Disney in LA. And he was like, Hey, we've got this, uh, TV artist, um, or TV actress. And she's, she's got this huge fan base, this huge following. And we need a, a, a music director, somebody can play guitar and take her out and kind of show her, uh, you know, the road and help take care of her. And, uh, somebody that knows her stuff out there, would you be interested in doing it? And I said, yeah, who is it? And they said, uh, Lucy Hale, she's going to do this country record now. She's a star, pretty little liars. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. But I mean, I'm a middle-aged dad at that point <laughs> with you kids. You realize who she actually was. Yeah, yeah, dude. I wasn't like laying around watching Pretty Little Liars, <laughs> yes. you know? And Are you kidding? Why not? <laughs> I walked. I came in the door and and Nico, uh, our, your brother, our oldest brother now, he was like, uh, he flipped out. I mean, he uh -huh. literally lost his shit. No, I know. That was the yeah. funny part was because I feel like I was even a little bit young. I never got it. Did you watch that show, McKenzie? I watched like uh, maybe a couple seasons of it. Yeah. Um, I would watch it sometimes, but I didn't like stick it out or anything. But there's right. a lot of people that were hardcore fans of that show. Like that's a, a big, big show. Yep. Yeah. Cult-like cult fan base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's a superb actress. She's so good. Oh, yeah. yeah. She owned great. the shit out of that thing. Mm -hmm. And she gets out on the road and you know that disney had put some some really cool songs behind her that were fitting for kind of her story uh, right. lie a little better you know which is yeah. a really cute play on the fact that that was her hit tv show and mm -hmm. um but we can get we can get it later but i mean yeah that was that was really cool those were all part of dad's job at that point yeah right that, that was, was your yeah. job that's how you like put food on the table for us and yeah that's why you were gone all the time so it's it was good to, you know, as a child, be in that atmosphere. And then when you were gone all the time, it's like, oh, I understood what you were doing and why it was so important for you to be gone all the time. Because yeah. I saw the level at which you were working at and who you were working with. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, make sure your kids watch TV Thursday. We're on Ellen. Like yeah, that, yeah. that, was, oh that was literally what <laughs> we were doing. So crazy. And it was a blast. And, and I, I more than anything, you know, Lou and I became friends through that mm -hmm. and uh I, I so enjoyed working at that level. Yeah. There's zero fail. There's, you don't get a second chance. It's, you know, good morning America at six o'clock in the morning in New York City. And you're going to get a chance to do it once on live television. Mm -hmm. Like the band's got to be perfect. The look's got to be perfect. The mix has got to be perfect. And, yeah. and I mean, in one sense, it, it probably ruined a part, a part of me because it made me too much of a perfectionist. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's like, is the lighting good enough for this podcast? Today? <laughs> <laughs> start like, micromanaging our setup here? Is it, is it, is it, is it good enough, though? Ah. ah hey. See, he's it. It. Hold on. <laughs> well, no, I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sound effects. Yes. Well, no, I had a question because I don't even know if I ever got this story. So how did you even end up working with Wayne in the beginning? Because, like, where did that relationship start from well it, it to kind of skip over the the years from six six years old to 19 which is an, a different story but we'll backtrack to, to yeah that. we'll backtrack i want to get into that as well at about 19 yeah. i had made enough connections on the west coast where um i had a friend of mine that said hey there's this huge production show that's going to go in in las vegas and it was the mid 90s and i mean garth brooks was god i mean there was there was nothing bigger brooks and dunn i mean all these guys that are classic country now mm -hmm. they were yeah, I mean, it was just they would fill baseball stadiums across the world, these guys. And so country oozed into every corner of our society. So Vegas took over with these production shows. I moved to Vegas. I start making connections. I go out on a $150 jingle. And here's why I think this story is relevant, because you never know where the forks of your spider web lead to in life. I already had, I was 19 years old, and I was making you know, well over a thousand bucks a week. And this is in the mid nineties and I had a brand new truck and I had, I'm just rolling. Right. You know, I couldn't drink all my money at that point. I was, <laughs> and I tried, I tried, I tried. <laughs> yeah, I tried. tried. Okay. Um, but I, I got this offer to go do a $150 jingle, which at that point I thought was kind of beneath me because I didn't need the 150 bucks. I think it was a, a Ted Wien's, uh, tire and auto center. It was like, Ted Wien's Tire and Auto Center. You know, I had to sing the jingle, right? And I was like, whatever, I'll sing it. So I went and made this 150 bucks. Well, there's a guitar in the corner, and I picked it up, and I started playing. And so the guy that's producing this $150 jingle, he looks at me, he goes, wow. Like, and I said, yeah, I've had one in my hand since I was a kid. I love playing guitar. It's my thing. That was it. 
Like I never talked to that cat again for like a year, never did another jingle with him. And the phone rang and it was a guy by the name of Greg Macaluso. And he goes, hey man, uh, I'm Greg Macaluso. I'm Wayne Newton's music director. Our guitar player is gonna leave in two weeks. He just let us know and we need a guitar player. He goes, we've reached out to some people here in town Mm-hmm. And they said, you're the only guy to hire. And I said, Hold, uh, 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 I'm just spinning at this point. Yeah, I'm like, because right. you got you to keep in mind, Wayne Newton might not spark a light bulb for a lot of people right now. I mean, we're talking about a god in the mid-90s. I mean, oh. this guy was, you know, it's like getting a call. If you were in the pop world, it'd be like, hey, Beyonce wants you to come play guitar. You'd be like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I, like it's something we can understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Let me stop everything I'm doing because that's what I'm doing now. Right. So I said, well, who'd you, who'd you call? And he goes, Steve Diamond. He produces jingles here in town. No Such a random. Way. So yeah, random. See, I never knew that story. No. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Oh and I God. said, well, I'd love to come audition. He goes, no, you don't understand. Steve Diamond is Wayne's favorite guitar player in the world. And if he says you're the only guy to call, you've got the job. Wow. Like be on wow. Mr. Newton's plane in two weeks and fly to Foxwoods in Connecticut and play your first show. And that's how that started. And wow. that was your first show? That Yeah. What you just said? <laughs> that was my first show. Oh, my God. Well, I step- imagine not oh. taking that that jingle because you just said it almost right. felt beneath you. What like, imagine if, yeah. like just like being like, actually, nah, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I'm better yeah. than that. I'm, yeah. I, I don't need to do that. Right? That'll if, make you second guess. Oh, oh yeah. What been, <laughs> opportunities are given to you. If I'd have been hungover. If I'd have been yeah. screwing so off. If mm-hmm. I'd have had my ego in Even the Even slightly lazy. Sli- right. Slightly lazy whatsoever. I would have bypassed that and my entire trajectory of my life would have changed. God, so, that I mean, makes yeah. me just like it kind of think about so many things. I'm <laughs> like, okay. Have you ever seen, and this is a hard sidebar, mm-hmm. but it's relevant to this storyline. Have you ever seen the movie, I think it's called Yes Man with Jim Carrey. Yes. That was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. He said yes to everything and his life skyrocketed, well, out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a balance. There's a balance in there, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it shows that like to be an actual yes man is not necessarily a good thing, but to not shut every door that's opened in your life is also important. So one of my great musical, one of my great musical heroes, Pat Caddick, um, who taught me a ton growing up about everything from studio to, to live performances. And, um, we had a mutual friend of ours that had this boss ass, kick ass job in Vegas as a guitar player. Um, and he was like Mr. Mr. Smooth, man. He had all the pop bands. He was a star in his own right in Vegas. And he got the call to go audition for the Ricky Martin band. And he, he, he went to, and he was like, what should I do? What should I do? And Pat goes, well, go get the job and then make up your mind what you want to do. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Go audition, get the job, and then sit back and go, well, do I want this or do I want this? Yeah, because otherwise you are still thinking about it. You don't do it. And then the amount of times you're actually going to think after that, why didn't I just go to that? Yeah, Imagine right. what could have happened if I would have just gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can always go through a job interview and say no. Yeah. 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 But go through it. Take the take the process. Go sit in there and talk to somebody and learn what the questions might be. And how do you feel in that situation? If they go, you know, what? we'd really like to hire you. And you'd be like... You know, I'm cool, man. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I did good. what I'm doing. Yeah. So anyway. Well, because, yeah, yeah, I mean, the cliche saying is just like, you'll never know unless you try. I mean, that's, that's why I love seeing what you guys are doing with the podcast. Well, life's a cliche and we say that all the time. We do. And it's we like, say that a lot. And it's like with everything, we, mm-hmm. uh, when we're actually having deep talks, we're like, wow, this really is everything we're saying is a cliche and sounds really stupid, but. It wouldn't be like the basics are the basics for a reason. Like, yeah. like, you know, I just heard one, the, the best line about cliches I've ever heard. And I've spent the last three days with the legendary writer here in town, Chuck Cannon. Chuck Cannon wrote half of the Toby Keith catalog. He wrote stuff for Dolly. He wrote stuff. He wrote, I love the way you love me for John Michael. So oh, wow. that, that's what I was writing with this week. And he just told me a Dolly Parton story. And Chuck goes, I don't know, Dolly, this one line, it's just so cliche. And Dolly Parton says to Chuck Cannon, Chuck, you know what makes a cliche? The truth. Mm. And Chuck just told yeah. me that story. Bars. That's bars. <laughs> yeah. Bars. But we're going to a bar. What'd you say? <laughs> the guy's been sober for four years. <laughs> I've been sober for four years. I haven't had a drop alcohol for four years. Congratulations, so. by the yeah, way. Which, your anniversary. That just, uh, yeah, you. hit that anniversary. So congrats. That. Cheers, Cheers to that. <laughs> I don't even have my water. I left my unprepared podcast <laughs> guest, but I left my water sitting over there. Oh, man. But yeah, a, true, a cliche is just the truth. 
Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Bomb. <laughs> well, I was going to say you could transition into into that, like the sobriety journey. And oh, what, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like my question, I think, is not necessarily why you got sober, but I think how you feel like it's maybe affected the trajectory of your career or what, hmm. what you, where you think you would be had you not stopped versus where you are now. What do you like? Do you think that has any role in that? Yeah. I, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a good question, too, because all I can answer is for me personally, uh-huh. when I would finish a show and I would go down and slam two or three shots of Crown and have be two or three beers deep just to feel normal, um, I, I kind of had this lie in my head that I'd already made it, that it, that was good enough and I was celebrating. Okay. Yeah. And then you party too much and then you can't get up when you want to. And your head is foggy. So if you have a song idea, it's kind of back in the mist. It's in the fog and you can't really get it to come forward. And so you put it off. Mm -hmm. So it just slows this process of growth. And it stunts to me, it stunted my growth. And I was already pretty long, what they say, long in the tooth, right? Like a wolf, you're a little bit older. I'm a little bit older now. And I've and I'm doing my Texas career and I'm releasing songs down there. And I'm really I mean, I'm busting my living ass down there because I'm making up for lost time. Yeah. One for the people that I worked for, too, because I spent a shit ton of time in two states. I was either completely drunk or I was hungover. Those those were my two states for a long time. God, you ain't getting shit done when that's Mm -mm. anything. So. So, yeah. but, But yeah, it's definitely helped the trajectory now. Yeah. Um, and everything uh, comes with an equal and opposite reaction. So I'm getting stuff done. I'm constantly focused. And now I have to search for this balance of, well, when do I shut it off? Yeah. When do I go back the other way and go, okay, right. it's okay to watch a movie or it's okay to go swing a golf club for half a day or something. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I, the anxiety of that takes over a little bit. So there's a balance, I guess, to that too. I mean, yeah, balance with everything, essentially. Another, another cliche. Because it's the, truth. it's the truth. Yeah, well, I mean, I can say that sometimes y'all even have a hard time uh, figuring out the balance because especially with where we're all at and there's no separation of mm. like, mm-hmm. like you see the studio. This is something we talk about all the time is that yeah. we can be sitting here watching a show or watching whatever and then you turn to your left and you see the studio, you and you've always been like, it's just staring at you to be like, um, you're just going to watch TV over there and you're you not going to work on your music, it? you loser, because uh, <laughs> I guess you don't care. I guess yeah, you right, just yeah. don't no, care. Because like look, it's, it's right all here. right here. Yeah. You could be doing it, but you're not. So that's like what you guys feel a lot. Because yeah. like with me, I go to work and I... And as much as I think about hair and work when I come home, because I, I do, because that's what we, yeah. we do when we have like a passion, but I get to turn it off when I come home and like not have to be like plan things out or be like, I need to be doing this right now to like, like doing somebody's hair right now because I'm at home. Like right. I, I can't right. be doing something like that. But mm-hmm. like you guys sometimes probably just are like, well, I have to work on it because I'm here with it and I am just going to do it all day. Yeah. And I'll say for me, like sometimes that emotion is really overwhelming and it takes away from the passion of even wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then it's just it feels forced almost where it's just like she said, just staring you in the face all day long, just reminding you that you're when you're not working on it, that yeah. you're not working on it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then that takes away from the fun and the passion of like why you even get into it. And then there's also times when we are working on it. And then uh, just because uh, I know everybody starts in their bedroom, you know, as an artist or whatever yeah. you want to do as a creative, you start in your bedroom. But yeah. where we are right now, it's kind of hard sometimes because just being in the living room, being in the apartment, because yeah. you were even saying that today, recording with Chuck in the studio, this big, nice oh. atmosphere and fantastic. other people. Yeah, yeah, it's more oh, inspiring it's than... Yeah. Right, like it's just your house. You're like, well, I'm just making music in my house again. It's the same. Everything's yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. living at home and doing music is all in the same platform because I do it all here. Oh, yeah. And like we're in this space right now where it's like we aren't successful enough to get excited to. I mean, of course, we're going to get excited to put right. out a single because we've worked hard on it and oh, yeah. we want to share it. But you don't get that like, oh, I know so many people are going to listen to this or I know that. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. There's still so many risks right now and so many like, like chances that you just have to take with all this stuff. And like a lot of times people don't care. And like a lot of times people don't care about what we're doing at all. Cause we're all like supposed to be selfish at this point. Oh yeah. And so like, we're all worried about ourselves and mm-hmm. <sighs> red light syndrome. <laughs> red light syndrome. <laughs> that's awkward I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> the mic stand it just doesn't work no, but i agree with you though that you you have to have a certain level of selfishness yeah in order to get to the finish line on something and it's damn tough to have your office or your studio in the living space because mm-hmm. without that separation what is your break from it and it ain't sure as hell ain't much no yeah yeah tuck's entering a microphone stand gotta get the microphone stand because we yeah, keep tossing it back, back and forth oh yeah <laughs> Doing it the right way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's taking a long time to get there. Sorry. Had to fix that really quick. We kept tossing it back and forth. <sighs> Enter the microphone stand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is now here. <laughs> um, shit. I lost my train of thought. Well, I had something I was going to say about that. But, um, Oh yeah, well, kind of just to bring the front of that conversation back to the end of it, um, for me, like with the music thing, yeah, it's stressful that it's right there and it's always in my face, but that just brings up so many things in my head because, I mean, if you're on social media like we all are, you look at people who, it just seems like that's all they fucking do. And it's like, in my head, I'm like, that's that's who I'm competing against. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know, so I'm just like, okay, that there's no reason why I get to sit here when I could just sit over there and do that all day long. Um, that and then what was I gonna say? I had something else that was in my mind, but then this fucking mic stand thing. The mic stand thing, and then really got in the way of what. You know what is, which is also very metaphorical for um, the exact same thing that you're bringing up. Yeah, there's always some part of life or something that that ticks you away from where you think your focus ought to be. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think Bars. also just uh, with with music, like there's no guarantees, like for mm. what we're doing. So I mean, we could work. Like, we have a new song coming out. We just spent so long on it and mm-hmm. so much time and effort went into it and we could easily put it out and nobody could listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So oh. it's like, no. so it just makes you, you get crazy over the idea of this product being perfect because mm-hmm. yeah. you have to give your best swing because most people are going to listen to it for about 10 seconds and judge it yep. like that. Well, and they want to doubt you right off the bat. When you yeah. say, oh, I'm going to release a song at initial reaction i think it's just human nature yeah to judge somebody immediately that's trying to put themselves out there like even with the podcast you know i'm oh, sure yeah like, which is fine cause yeah people probably know. think we're stupid people probably <laughs> click on this and they're like mm, okay you, well, like, you guys think you can like you think you're funny or something yeah, um i do i do we're, think we're funny yeah. the magic of this thing is the relatable yeah that's yeah. to me it's the it's the magic of going hey we're in the trenches Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, and I'm not going to, you know, call anybody out, Dobrik, but there, but you know, <laughs> but there's not like, you know, there's no Lamborghini in the garage. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing, there's nothing about it. It's, it's an apartment in Franklin, Tennessee, and you're figuring out what the hell all this shit means and how do we get to the next level? Yeah. That's what makes this very relatable, I think, to me. And I think that's the best part. I think that's always my favorite thing to watch or listen to is just people. I, that yeah, are- I like to like feel like I'm hanging out with the people I watch on YouTube. Like I feel like mm. I am friends with them. I'm like not a fan. I'm like we're friends. Yeah, I hang yeah. out with yeah. them, right? Mm-hmm. I see what they do, and like when they're doing their makeup, I'm doing mine. When when they are like going to get food, I'm gonna I'm going to get food. I'm eating. So yeah. like it's like so weird, and I like that sort of thing, and it just makes them feel like they're like less untouchable uh-huh. like real like right. not like a like crazy celebrities and stuff like that right so it makes me enjoy watching that kind of stuff more mm-hmm. yeah i agree i also feel like that's just where i don't know we're all headed with what we seek what kind of entertainment we seek is like relatability is becoming way more important i think that's why like i feel like that's why podcasts exploded because in in like an edited video that could be a distorted version of a person but when sure. you get an uninterrupted long form conversation like we're having right now right I, you just it's hard to fake that well yeah because i mean long. mentally i think 
all of us, you kind of tune out that the camera's there and that, like, I mean, of course, we're holding these and stuff, but, like, you just don't even think about... Yeah. We're just yeah. talking. Like, we are really just talking. <laughs> we do... We have these conversations, and I think that's why... Because it's been a year of us, like, having these conversations and having this idea. And if for a whole year we've been like, that's a good idea. We need to do it. I Why aren't we doing it? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? Do yeah. just, just do it. And I'm sure so many other people probably think the same thing. And I bet there's other people that will see us and be mad because they were like, oh, uh, we had that idea. Sure. I sure. Why didn't we do it? And it's like... But that's the thing. It doesn't have to be. A, it also a doesn't have to be anything. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that thing is that you're thinking about, yeah. dude, just fucking do it. Just man. do it. <laughs> just do it. Like, no. Just yes. do it. And I think, and I'll speak from that. I'll speak from, uh, you know, twenty plus years, y'all's senior. Even at this stage in life, you know, when we sold, uh, when your mom and I sold the house here in Nashville, and we sold the house in Vegas, and we, when we just kind of retooled our entire life, mm-hmm. I had to pick an entirely different direction. And it was, uh, you know, we had family in Texas, uh, you know, mom's family's in Texas. We'd done a bunch of shows there for years. And it's like, yeah, but we haven't concentrated on just playing that market. I had to do it, basically take my skill set to an entirely different market and start over. Yeah. And so no matter what age you are, you can get in that flow of just doing it, writing the book or, you know, getting into a a new career Mm -hmm. like we did. So, yeah. Totally. Did you want to check that really quick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just Groovy. Checking everybody's still recording. We're still so on. I do want to completely backtrack here because we skipped past a huge portion of your you life, which her. I think yeah. is worth talking about. So you were, you mentioned this earlier, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on You were six when you made your first album. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll pop a picture up on the screen <laughs> called Here I Come World. Right? <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. He yeah. Sound Baby like Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. Here I come. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can remember, I have a, uh, you know, I'm forgetting shit because you do that in life, but I have these absolute cemented memories of shit that happened when I was growing up as a kid in Oregon. And I will never forget, I was laying in the back seat, of course, nobody wore seat belts. I'm really aging myself now. But you would let your kids just lay in the back seat of the car and you drive home, right? And I remember the radio being on, and I'm just singing. I remember belting, and I was probably three, mm-hmm. four. And I remember mom and dad losing their marbles over that stuff. And the next thing you know, I had a little rhinestone outfit, and I was signed up for the local talent show, and I was three years old. Yeah. And I cried when they pulled me off that stage. I was going to go out and sing the one song I knew five more times if they'd let me. I mean, that, that was what I was going to do. I knew. And so from there, by the time I was six, they'd found a songwriter. I had actually written a song or two by the time I was six. And we put that, my van, I wrote my Whoa. van. So my when van. you, yeah, because I had a van. <laughs> yes. And um, then you had like a little miniature version that you had at the house growing up and that was a lot of fun to play in i did yeah it said, like the scotty alexander did it no it just said scotty alexander on the side right I, i'm gonna i'm gonna unfortunately tell you what it said it said scotty sings country oh it was, even better. <laughs> yeah. it was the 80s baby yeah <laughs> and so yeah that was we cut the album when i was six mm-hmm. and that led to an agent and fairs and festivals and rodeos and then i got into instruments and so then I would play guitar and fiddle and banjo and piano and drums and bass and j- anything with strings or anything that I had access to, I would figure out how to make it make noise mm-hmm. and then take it on the road. And we'd put it in this 40 foot bus and we'd travel up and down the road. And that, those were my summers. That's what I, that's how I came up. And it, it was, uh, it was a great childhood because I still went to school. I was about to say, did you go to school? I'm like confused. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did. I did for the most part, right, in the fall, in the winter, and, and in the spring, and in the summer, we'd tour all the time. But by the time I was in high school, the the pull, I mean, I was so busy that I was never there. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually did drop out going into my senior year, and I took homeschool. Okay. Uh, and I still graduated, you know, had a high GPA. I mean, I took care of business. Yeah. I wasn't going to not get that. And I, I, For me, the GED wasn't the right thing to do. I wanted a diploma. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that I got one by hook or by crook. I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. basically took my senior year off, but I'd done so much work up to that point in high school that my girlfriend's brother at the time was getting ready to graduate, and he was my age. And I literally was like, 
holy shit. Like I've been on the road my entire senior year. I forgot to go to school. Oh my yes. gosh. And so I went down to the local high school where, where he was at and I walked in and the superintendent or principal or whatever was there. And he was like, Hey, you're Scotty Alexander. I'm a fan of your band. Like, like my, <laughs> oh my wife and I gosh. go dancing to your band and down at, you know, Jubits and Mr. B's and all these clubs we played at home. And I was like, yeah, great. Well, I'm 19. Like, I need to graduate high graduate? school. <laughs> yeah, can I graduate? And he goes, what's your transcripts? Well, I pulled my transcripts up and I had like 24 credits and a 3.8. And he goes, you only need 22 to graduate. He goes, you don't even need to go to school here. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just enroll you and you not show up and you've already met all of our criteria and you just walk across stage and turn what? your tassel and enter things. So I basically went three years and, and got out. So, and how many people did you graduate with? 150 strangers. <laughs> oh my god! No, 149. Gosh. My girlfriend's brother. Uh, <laughs> 149. Yeah. 149. Chris, Chris was there and, uh, and we walked across the stage and I heard, you know, one guy, Chris, and they went, yay! <laughs> and like, everyone else is and like, I, he doesn't even go here. We don't know him. Like, Who's this jackass? <laughs> yeah. Who's the guy with the mullet? Well, let me rephrase <laughs> oh that. Oh my God. We all had mullets back yeah. then. Okay. okay. We all had what mullets. What year was this? What year was this? 92. 92. Isn't that so weird? He graduated high school in 92 and then you had me in 97. Oh yeah. I was, I mean, granted we get lost in stories pretty quick, but I mean, when I met your mom, Right, so mom's eight and a half years older than me. Mm-hmm. I was twenty. Yeah. Well, I had just gotten through that story, met your mom, and, and we she she or I, I don't know, she'll remember picked Ricardo's bar to meet in, and I'm like, oh my god, don't put me a bar. I'm twenty. <laughs> So, a bar? Right. Don't do that. So, and I've got this chance with this really odd older chick, right? <laughs> so we go set in the bar, and I'm like, I'll just have an iced tea, and I'm trying to wear my cowboy boots and set up straight and everything else, <laughs> right? And your mom, who's always looked like, you know, she was always looked like she was 19, and she she ordered something too, and they carded her, and they didn't card me. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, they they didn't card me, and I was younger, and they carded her. Oh, okay. And that's been the story of our life. Yeah. And she's, mm-hmm. yeah, she's always looked fantastic the ageless wonder that's funny well Well, i mean i hate to have you like i mean i don't want to put you on spot but it's like you're holding the guitar like i should maybe we maybe get something off it's like we need to something new some of that something new yeah (laughs) wait should i get out of the frame too then no i mean you don't have to i'll I'll just play uh, i'll just play interlude music Quick drink break. Please. Today's episode of Good Enough is brought to you by Anheuser-Busch, supporting unwanted pregnancies and hangovers for over 24 years. (laughs) Sorry, 124 years. Helps if I'm alone. Yep. But um, anybody, whether you're a roommate relationship or a friend relationship or especially a love relationship, that one person, whoever you're in that love relationship with, is going to be the first thing that you feel the hottest fire with in both passion and anger. Yeah. And so, speaking from a guy who's coming up, and this is shocking like i need to lay down when i say this i'm you know we're coming a 25 year wedding anniversary this march oh, wow our silver wow. wedding anniversary that's awesome. like don't i get like a special parking space for that or something <laughs> like that's unbelievable <laughs> but i wrote this song based on the fact that when you spend that much time with somebody they really do become your everything She's the deepest love I know She's the words in every song 
But sometimes the melody is off In the harmony it comes out all wrong Oh, this love is pleasure and pain And that's what I mean Oh, that's what I mean When I say She's my everything Her words can make me whisper her voice can make me yell She brings me closer to God And God knows she puts me through hell She's my joker Oh, she's my queen And that's what I mean When I sing, she's my everything. She's why I punch the wheel and why I hurry home. Cause I can't live without her and I have to be alone. She's the sickness I have, the pills that I take, the best drunk I've had, the hangover I hate. No, I can't imagine a day without her by my side. This woman, she's gonna kill me, and she's the reason I'm alive. Oh, this love is pleasure and pain. And that's what I mean Oh, that's what I mean Oh, that's what I mean Oh, honey, when I say She's my everything Thank you guys. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys. Yeah, he sent me that in a voice memo. You write that by yourself? Yeah. Oh wow, that's a good one. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. And I want a version of it just acoustically. That's so beautiful like that. It's really pretty. What is that? I love that. That's gonna be one for the uh, either the EP or the album. So we've got five songs that are slotted to come out like between now and the end of March. And then that'll be like the first single is going to be Young and then probably Welcome to Texas. And then the EP will come out with five songs. And that, and that EP is called Family, which is a whole nother story. Yeah. Uh, and then that song, uh, another song called The Road Baron, um, one we're working on now called Love Song to Summer. Um, that'll be part of either another EP or if we just run out of patience, uh, we'll do it as an EP. Or if we gain momentum, we'll do an album by this summer. So. Yeah, Man, that's so a good excited. Start. Yeah, thank you. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He sent that to me, and I was just so blown away. Like lyrically, you yeah. killed it on that. Thanks, man. Mentioned it's so pretty melodically as well. <laughs> Songwriting, I think, is the closest thing you'll ever be to a wizard, right? I think that's. I mean, as far as just waving a, a wand and making a spell, and then just shit happens. Like being a songwriter, that's the closest you're ever going to come to that. Because you're literally just trying to pull something out of nothing. I mean, yeah. if you're going to build this table, well, you go to Home Depot and you buy some wood and some paint. You know what I mean? You get the materials. Where do you get the materials for a song? It's inside in the, your head. It's oh, in the that's ether. so true. Yeah, you got to create that shit. It just, yeah. And I say create, and that's not truly accurate. At this point, I think that the more still um, I am, the more I can hear what's going on, and then I just let it out. I try not to just say... Well, I wrote that or say anything. Nah, I just kind of held still long enough to let it out. So that's my, that's how I approach it now. That's a good approach. 
I hope. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> you can make payments on a Ford if you're just a songwriter. You can do that, I think. Uh, what else are we working on that's pretty cool? Um, do you want to hold your own mic? I was about to say, hey, Tana, looks like that arm's getting tired over there. Eventually, we'll have a four mic set up here. Yeah, sorry um, for people watching or listening. I don't know how the audio sounds yet, but we're working. Yeah, we're working on the microphone situation. We'll get better. It's only... But you know it's good enough. It is good enough. It's good enough for us. For what we got. And it's so it's good enough for the rest of you, all right? Yeah. Little hose. Don't ask for too much from us. Yeah, you know. If you want your money back, oh, it's free. This shit's free, so you actually shouldn't complain at all. That's how we treat our fans around here, all right? <laughs> We're already just bullies to the fans. <laughs> well, I like that podcast, but the customer service sucks. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is. That is I knew it. Rick. I knew somebody was going to do it. I have to. There's a Grinch re- reference once a day. For everything. Oh, there's a, there was a Grinch reference once an hour in our house for... <laughs> still is. I was going to say, what, yeah, when did that still, stop? That, that when didn't did stop. stop. No. Yeah, Never. that's that's year round. That's not seasonal. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes more intense during the holidays, though. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. many times did you watch it? This year, I think we only watched it two or three times. It wasn't bad. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a light. Yeah, light that's Christmas. a light year. It was a pretty light year. <laughs> yeah. There's always hope for it again somewhere, you know, in July. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. That might. Yeah, pop that up one. Again. That one you can do a couple times during the year. I can do Elf year round i can oh, do yeah. it in i can do it in almost any month just if i'm feeling down i can turn elf on and i'm like yeah this is where i'm supposed to be yeah, is watching elf yeah. during this hot summer day there's some good. christmas movies that i swear get put in a box that's just being a christmas movie but it's like that's just a good movie no it's just yeah. a good movie yeah. it's just a good movie yeah i agree those are two of them <laughs> yeah i totally agree it's funny because I, I did a, a um zoom interview today with a radio station in college texas um, the college station, Texas. And, um, it, it was very, it was a very comfortable interview and this gal had a great energy and she was, you could tell she was, she was just really, you know, down to earth. And we started getting to know each other ahead of the zoom recording. And so we're just talking and she said something about, I ain't that some shit or something. I said, it sure fuck it or something. You know, like I, we started talking that way. And so we kind of let our professional guard down, you know, and we started talking like normal people. And then she turned the light on, and I swear to God, I was right in the middle of a sentence, and I said something like, yeah, I, fuck, I hope so. Yeah, you know, no, like I, I had to edit the F word I out. Like, I got right up to... <laughs> well, as we stated earlier in the podcast, let it fly, baby. Yeah. It's <laughs> a safe place. It's a safe place. No one judges you. <laughs> Don't judge me. I have a song about not judging, by the way. <laughs> What's that oh, one called? Family, right? Yeah. Is yeah. One? Is that the one? Yeah. Or are you talking about a different one? No, Family. I'll just do you the first verse and chorus of it. Yeah, give it. Yeah, I'll just. Yeah. Do, I won't sing you the whole thing. I'll just do. You, I'll just do the first okay, verse and chorus. That's a good one. <laughs> Let me preface this song. The first line of the song is probably the best thing. So, uh, you got to hold your own mic again. I got to hold my own mic again. <laughs> <laughs> you just think you're a star, but oh, you're, you're still right. my dad. <laughs> Here you are, rock star. You hold your hold your damn shit. microphone. <laughs> No, I was uh, doing one of the road trips as usual. I mean, on any given week in the show structure, I'm driving anywhere between 800 to 1,000 miles in seven days. I that's mean, gross. That's just, He's literally a truck driver. I'm literally a truck yeah. driver with a guitar. That happens. And <laughs> so I'm driving down the road, and your Aunt Barbara calls me. And, and the heartbreak of this is that uh, Barbara's always lived in a different city. She's 18 years older than I am. I never really knew her growing up, but we, we love each other. And I, all, I will say this, all my siblings and I love each other. I, I, each one of them individually. And I have two sisters and a brother and, and then my adopted, uh, sister Pam. And so, um, all, uh, it, this conversation starts with Barbara calling me and going, Hey, little brother. And I could hear she was a little slurring, you know, and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hey, Barbie, what's going on? I love you. She goes, you know what? I'd like to talk, but I'm really high. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'd like to talk, but I'm really high. And that's how I've known Barbie. And I just went, okay, honey. I said, I love you. I love you too, little brother. And I hung up and I'm looking through the windshield. And I'm driving through West Texas and I'm, I'm headed into San Antonio on 10 from West Texas. And I'm, I'm coming up and I just went... 
wow, every family has got some version of this story. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell our version. And I got to thinking about Barbara's life and I thought, if that ain't a country song, nothing is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, a, a Barbie's life is a, excuse me, a living country song. And then I thought, well, so was my mom's. Jesus, there was a train wreck waiting to happen. That's my mother. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's that's next. That's next time. That's a whole other mess. And then I thought, well, and then I ran my life right off a goddamn cliff. And I and I thought, well, that's a verse in a country song if there ever was. <laughs> and so it, this song came out, and every single word of it is absolutely true. How much am I going to do it all or just part of it? Shit, at this point, maybe just do it. If you want to do the whole thing, man, I'm down. I love the whole show. My sister was a stripper in Memphis. She changed her name to Bobby Lee. Yes, she's the kind of girl that likes a cold beer for breakfast and for dinner just a bowl of weed. Yeah, she done a little time in prison Because she liked the way cocaine smelled But now she's got a nice trailer up in Northern California And I'm proud to say she's doing well Yeah, so I won't go judging you Oh, and you don't go judging me when there's a lot to forgive and a lot to love you know that sounds like family <laughs> so there you go there oh you go. my god <laughs> that's awesome said, it that so song <laughs> is awesome and getting the whole story for it yeah yeah, yeah that's the yeah. best <laughs> yeah it's fun right? Yeah, that's a good line. I mean, just that verse alone, I'll I'll try and give you the abridgment of it. She truly was a stripper. She ran away when she was 18 years old. Also, did you say Bobby Lee? Yes. Yes. Like like my favorite comedian, Bobby Lee. Oh my God, yes. Oh, really? (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) I know whenever he's saying that, Mackenzie looked at me like, wait, Bobby Lee. (laughs) Just like a light bulb went off. No way. Yeah, she got on a bus and she went to Memphis, Tennessee, and she told the family to off and and uh, went and started her own life and changed her name, and she was on every billboard in that city to come by whatever her strip club's name was, where she was the star dancer. Oh my and, God! Uh, wow. Yeah, and and yeah, good for her. I, I think I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I might. Do Does that. she need to take somebody under her wing? Just kidding. I'm kidding, <laughs> guys. Oh, man, it's that, a joke. Tell that one story about when she was leaving work that one day. Oh, yeah. She Ooh. may or may not have killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I, knowing Barbie the way I do, I, what I love about this portion of her story is that I honest to God think she's telling 100% the truth. She left the club one night, and a, and a Derringer is a small pistol that just usually holds one or two bullets, and it's usually smaller than your hand. So you can totally conceal it. You just pull the hammer back and squeeze this little... F- funny looking match looking trigger and it'll fire a bullet out of so she had a derringer on her being a stripper you know guys being weird with her and shit and she got out in the parking lot one night and and uh she goes i never saw him she goes i never saw him it just it got hit in the head i got pushed into the car he's reaching for my clothes he's pulling on i mean she's going to get raped or murdered right yeah. in the parking God. lot of the strip yep. club and she goes to my benefit as i'm starting to come to after he hit me and before the deed had actually started, she goes, I'm in the, basically draped over into the front seat of my car. And she goes, my purse was laying in the passenger seat. She goes, I just reached in and grabbed my Derringer and stuck it underneath my arm and pulled the trigger. And she goes, and he let go. And I got behind the wheel and sped off into the night. And that was the end of it. She goes, I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> I would do, okay, you know what? I would do the exact same yeah. thing. Oh, because yeah. it's like, what, you oh, don't want to think about it. You don't know. You don't know. And if I don't know, then what's going to, I don't know. So yeah. I know nothing. You're I was protecting I nothing. myself. Yep. I was in a real scary situation. I was protecting myself. Right. And I don't know what happened. So. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's So. Holy so shit. So there's that. <laughs> so who knows? That's oh, nuts. God. But yeah, Barbie's still doing good, man. She's, you know, she's she truly is uh, living in a trailer in Northern California, and we get a chance to talk to her now and then. Yeah, she was fun. That we got to 
hang out with her that one time where she came to Vegas. She's yeah, she's, she's, she's she's so nice. She's one of the realest cool. people I know. Yeah. yeah. She would be a great guest to have on this podcast. Dude, <laughs> ever, man. You're gonna you have to go to Sacramento and go find her. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, she'll like she'll randomly send I don't know, she probably does this to you, but like on Facebook, she'll send me just random TikToks on Facebook Messenger. Oh my god. She yeah. That's funny, that's all the awesome. Time she sends me TikToks all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bobby Lee. And yeah, Bobby Lee, the comedian, if you're watching this. Bobby Lee, if you ever see this, <laughs> I love you, you so much. Yeah. yeah, that's your stripper name. Yeah. And that's your, you're a stripper, so. <laughs> so true. Cool, man. Well. Dope. Maybe we could probably wrap. I know. I'm trying to think of anything else that. I think we squeezed a lot into this yeah. one. And, mm-hmm. Dude, I, and I mean, you're going to be back yeah, like be all back. the time. So I imagine. In the next couple of days, or even in about thirty minutes, we're going to be like, "Oh, why didn't we talk about that?" But <laughs> you're going to be yeah, back. Be Scotty guest. lives I'm with honored. us uh, for a quarter of the month. Quarter of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the fourth roommate and and quarterly roommated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, thank you guys. Yeah, yeah. Honest to God, this I you know I love you all, and uh, this is super cool, and I'm glad I'm here in the beginning with it. So I know. It's yeah, a lot of fun. it's a lot of fun. Thank you for, yeah, thanks for coming on. telling yep. the stories, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more. He'll be the fourth co-host. That yeah. <laughs> Our most month. special guest. Because <laughs> you could write a book with all the things that you've yeah. seen. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to... Uh, I'm glad to still be here to say a little bit of it. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Love well, you guys. On that note, then. Everybody out there, have a great week. And remember... You're, you're good, good enough. enough.